It's time to make it count. We give professionals the knowledge, mindset and habits to win at work and at home. I'm Freddie Bennett, Guinness World Record holder, business owner, adventurer and author, giving you the tools to get unstuck, unshackled and unleashed. The clock is ticking, so let's go and make it count. Welcome to another show-stopping episode of Make It Count. We continue to be the accounting industry's most favorite and fastest-growing podcast worldwide. And today, folks, I've got a real treat for you. I am delighted to welcome to the Make It Count studio, Sharon Francisco, owner of The Entrepreneurial Bookkeeper. Sharon, I am super excited about this episode. I know it's going to be a great one, but for now, welcome to Make It Count. Thank you so much, Freddie. I'm really excited to have this conversation, especially as our conversation just pre-coming on to air. I'm super excited. I know. I love it. And we were saying, um, let's address the non-accounting elephant in the room. I always, these are my favorite episodes of Make It Count. When we have uh, myself, who is not a qualified accountant, and our guest, who is not an accountant, yet here we are, the uh, the, the world's favorite accounting podcast. It's just like saying, Uber is the biggest taxi company in the world, yet they own no taxis. Airbnb is the biggest accommodation chain in the world, yet they own no no hotels. Here we are taking the accounting industry by storm. Neither of us are accountants, which is uh, exciting stuff. But Sharon, we know that you're not an accountant or a bookkeeper, but for anyone that hasn't heard of you or the entrepreneurial bookkeeper, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started the Entrepreneurial Bookkeeper with my business partner a few years ago. I did start out on my own about three years ago and then merged with my business partner two years ago to form the Entrepreneurial Bookkeeper Program. And predominantly the reason why we started that was to help bookkeepers get the income, freedom and scale that they can achieve within their businesses and kind of take bookkeepers from kitchen table or a side gig to where it's a fully fledged you know business that they can scale and essentially hand over all the compliance work and start doing the good juicy fun stuff like the advisory <laughs> amazing and i can't wait to uh to dig deeper into the the income freedom and scale aspects of it because you're absolutely right that that's so important for bookkeepers that are trying to, to take that step up but let's go back to the beginning sharon and, and we've said at the, at the top of the show that, that neither you and i are our accountants which is a part of the fun of it how did this all come about what made you think this is what i'm going to do this is this is the group of people that i'm going to help and, and empower to to improve their businesses and their lives yeah it, i kind of to be honest stumbled upon it i um i had a really good corporate career and my two sons were going into the teenage years and important times to be at home. I was doing a lot of national and international travel with my career. So I decided to look for something local. And my sister-in-law said, why don't you come and help me build my bookkeeping business? And at that stage, it sounded like a fun thing to do. I'd owned a business with her before. We'd get along really well. So I thought, you know what, I'll quit my amazing corporate career and join my sister-in-law. It was just her and a part-time bookkeeper at that time. And started off amazingly. The first week was awesome. And then about a week into it, my 26-year marriage broke down, which Mm. was not a shock, but it was an amicable separation. But in any sort of situation like that, 
you tend to take a little while to get over a 26-year marriage. So that was a bit of a shock. And then six months later, my sister-in-law and brother, my brother works in management in mines, and he got a job in West Africa. Mm. And just so you know, the internet's not really good in West Africa. (laughs) So they packed up their whole family and flew off to West Africa. So I was down a husband and I was down a business partner. So (laughs) I went from corporate career that was paying me amazingly well to a single mum that went from, hey, this sounds like a fun thing to do with my sister-in-law to where I'm going to make this work Mm. and I need to do that because I couldn't travel and I had to stay stay put in Brisbane. So that was a pretty tricky time of my life. (laughs) I I imagine so. And looking at the the exiting the corporate career, that must have been scary. And what was that on the cards for a while? Had you always had that feeling around my future doesn't lie in this corporate role? Was, was, was there something like that coming up? Yeah, I don't fit in the corporate world, Freddie. Um, I think I've got too much of an opinion, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just don't. I don't follow rules very easily, Freddie. And you've got to but, follow rules in the corporate world. Funny you say that, Sharon. I, that, that sounds very familiar to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I, I tried, you know, the, I think the really cool time for me was in 2017 and I was doing a program called Women with Influence and I remember she, the, the lady that hosted it, Jane Anderson, who's very well known in personal branding globally, said to me, you know, you just, personal branding is about, you know, you just being you. Mm. And I'm like, I remember thinking it at the beginning of the program, like, oh, I'm never going to be able to let the real me out of the bag. Mm. And then as the program went on, Jane sort of explained about personal branding and how it works and you attract the sort of people that are attracted to you and you and vice versa. You work with people that you resonate with as well. And it was the first time where I felt like I had permission to be myself because I've got a lot of energy and I've got a lot of passion and drive and, yeah, you kind of just have to squash that in corporate, I found. I just, mm. I just, you know, had to follow rules that I just didn't want to follow. So when I heard that, I'm like, you know what, and everything that she said in 2017, I was actually working for a company then, everything that she said is exactly what I've got now. It's just, and I get to be me every single day and that mm. just is the best thing <laughs> i think it's so powerful and i know this is obviously your show not mine so i'd rather focus on your story than my own but I, everything you say resonates with me so strongly i mean i was as regular listeners will know i was in that big four corporate accounting space for many many years i knew deep down i didn't fit in i'm not very good at following the rules i'm still terrible at following rules but for so long and i think this is what really be helpful for people listening for so long in that corporate space, I knew I didn't fit in, but I thought it was because I was in the wrong. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I was broken. I would go home every night with my shoulders slumped and feeling down on myself, say, why? I need to be more. I need to be better. I need to be different. I need to be someone who I'm not. And and that's where a lot of my uh personal and, and mental health struggles came in because I was trying to be this person that I wasn't and I I 
one thing that I'm I'm so uh, strongly aligned to at the moment is our true nature. You cannot deny your true nature and who you are. And it sounds like that was that was a real discovery for you potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what frustrates me, Freddie, is that it's taken me until I was like 49, 50 before I really could. I'd owned businesses before, but like this is truly, I think creating a business like this is really, you know, it's based on me growing a bookkeeping business to what we call black belt with 12 bookkeepers, three accountants and nine bookkeepers. And I guess that's kind of the the foundation of how I've been able to do what I've done and just to be able to step into my own world and to, I don't know, help people see what you and I have discovered and that it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. So uh, the the world is screaming out for more bookkeepers and (laughs) to help with, like, to help with, you know, not just to get themselves out of jobs working for other people but also business clients need help and there's Mm. no one that's really taking the time to do that. Um, Accountants are busy, bookkeepers are busy, they're busy doing the compliance work and they're sort of carving out little spaces to do their advisory work. Mm. But strategically there's, you know, there's more business owners needing help than bookkeepers or accountants giving it at the moment and knowing how to give it in a way that you know, the kind of results that you can get from doing that is just, it's just such a big gap in the market that it's why I feel like I've been put on this earth is to help bookkeepers get the confidence to be able to offer the advisory work for their clients. They're the ones that are in contact with their clients monthly, if not weekly. And quite often, traditionally, and I know things are changing, but traditionally, accountants usually only see their clients or talk to them a couple of times a year. I know that's in my case, that's the situation. Mm. Um, and bookkeepers, by default, working with clients weekly, month, fortnightly, or monthly, you're getting just to have that communication more regularly. So they've built the relationship, and we know that people buy from people, and we buy from people we know, like, and trust. And the way that we do that is communicating regularly with them. And just by default, bookkeepers communicate regularly with account with uh, business clients. Definitely. And that confidence point is key. And I certainly want to to come back to that. We'll, we'll explore that a lot more because I think you're absolutely right. It is that confidence piece that, that so many bookkeepers and accountants are looking for. But talking about a, a business owner that, that needs help, there you were in this position where, as you say, you were down a business partner, you were down a husband. I imagine it must have got transformed from a, a fun and energizing project with a business partner to now thinking, right, I need to make this work. Did you feel more pressure in that situation? Did it, did, did the game become more serious? What goes through your mind when, when the tables turn like that? Isn't it funny when like seemingly the worst thing or situation in the world, you think at the time, it's like, this is like, it can't get any worse than this. And the feeling I definitely had was that, but Everything that, you know, if I look back on my life, all of the most tricky times have been the catalyst to, like, I would not be here now without the pain that I went through in that 12 months. Mm. And I think, yeah, that first 12 months of trying to build that business and not really knowing the industry, like I, I knew nothing about that industry. Um, 
And I think the vulnerability that I felt around my financial security was the catalyst to push me. Mm. And certainly the reason I started this business was to help women be financially secure. So to take the vehicle of a bookkeeping business and help build that financial security because Mm. of the vulnerability that I felt back then, not just financially, but just, I mean, I left home to go and be with my husband at 19 Mm. and to break up with him at 44 or whatever it was, 26 years later, the vulnerability that I felt was just crazy. It was, I, I honestly thought like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Mm. I've, I've got this little tiny amount of money that I've got and what am I going to do with that? And and then you sort of, you know, you're, I don't know if you've heard of your RAS, your reticular activating yep. system. Mm-hmm. So RAS is something that you can zone in on if you if it's something that's happening to you, like that was happening to me. Mm. I then saw a whole bunch of single mothers and then I'd see on the news you know, women in their 50s sleeping in cars and things like that. And it was like it was such a prevalent thing for me to go, that's never, ever going to happen to me. I am going to move mountains to make sure that that. And, you know, I was lucky enough ready to be, I just finished uh, training with a personal trainer to run a marathon. So I was super fit. Mm. Um, I was I was up to that 345, which I know is probably not very fast for you, but a 345 marathon fit. Oh, and I impressive. just felt, I was feeling unstoppable. Mm. And then to go into that. So I still, I felt fit physically but emotionally I was just so um yeah I felt just so vulnerable and that vulnerability is what pushed me into seeing the world in a really different way and seeing what I could do myself to be able to get myself out of that situation it is such a powerful story and uh, thank you for sharing that Sharon I think it's so interesting on so many levels and uh, firstly, that we we all think we want things like like the freedom and the money and the time and the success, but you're you're absolutely right that we seek those things. Yet it is the moments in our lives that challenge us, that test us, that make us feel vulnerable, that make us feel like we can't carry on. Those are the moments that we remember, and those are the moments that teach us the most about ourselves and and our true strengths and, and what we're capable of. And I'd love to know as well. I totally agree. By the way, I think when our when our back is against the wall that's when we really have to say okay there's no plan b there's no safety net i have to find a way to make this work and you're in this this situation i say you had your your family to to bring up as well you had the financial situation did you throw yourself in are you the sort of person who's a a workaholic i'm going to work all day all night i'm not going to sleep until i get myself out of this or were you thinking I still need to look after myself. I need to be present for for my kids that have been through a difficult time and and everything else. How how do you approach something like this? Yeah, I think to begin with, I was in. I felt I was in a bit of shock, and then mm. after that, I I definitely just threw myself in like a hundred percent. It's like uh, there's no turning back. I've got to make this work. Mm. And I was like, honestly, I didn't really know. I'd grown businesses before I'd, you know, I'd seen ways that you could grow businesses like this before, but just for myself, not really knowing even the vocabulary. I mean, one of my strategies was to go and meet with accountants and I'd pull up in a large accounting firm after, you know, booking an appointment and wiping my eyes and trying to fix myself so I didn't look like I'd been crying the whole time (laughs) after (laughs) going in 
meeting with the accountant and not really like to begin with I was how do I talk to an accountant about trying to get bookkeeping work without getting into a conversation about bookkeeping Mm. so I had to kind of even figure that out it's like well how do I do that and I think to begin with I was getting referrals Freddie but I I actually think that they were giving them to me because I felt sorry. <laughs> I was so bumbly and not really that. And then I kind of, okay, I'm going to just figure out how to do this. So then I kind of went, right, I'm just going to be upfront about not being a bookkeeper and then I've got a bookkeeping team. I've got a system that I follow to introduce bookkeepers. They've got to pass a skills test. And I had to sort of figure out how to have these conversations without feeling like, I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and then I really, once I sort of refined that, and then you know the funny thing that I really started figuring out, like it was just a numbers game. I figured out that, and it was similar because paralleled after, like fast forward into the bookkeeping business about 18 months, and I was sort of not growing at the rate that I wanted to. But by then I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to get out on the dating scene and see what that's like. Mm. And I thought, this is going to be kind of fun, you know, like just you know, going on the dating apps and meeting some guys and what have you. And I was like a lamb to slaughter, Freddie. It was um, not fun at all. Really? For those of you out there that have been on dating apps, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I was like, I go for a date and it was just like, didn't work the conversation beforehand you'd be connecting over the phone and email and text and then you meet them and there's just no chemistry or Mm. they look very different to what they looked in their photos or whatever it might be and so then I you know you'd go back into your corner and go okay well again like that corporate sort of thing maybe this is not for me maybe I will be single for the rest of my life or so then you'd bravely go out again in a couple of months and get back Mm. on and date again and and so that dragged out for a few months Mm. And I'm like, okay, so this is just a sales funnel. So I realised that I needed to approach dating like I was growing the business. <laughs> so I went, okay, I'm just going to book five meetings, yep. <laughs> five dates a weekend. So I would book these dates mm. and sort of have them one after the other. I booked one an hour and within a and also, which is a very interesting parallel, is that the apps that I was using were free apps, Mm. which attracted a certain sort of clientele I'm imagining is that, you know, when you've got something free, the the value you put on that is not as high. Definitely. So I Googled the most expensive dating app and that's when I did my five meetings a day, a a weekend. And going, I I figured, my thinking was if a guy's going to pay that amount for a dating app, Mm. they're serious about dating. And it out to be very true. And within a very small amount of time, I'd met my now fiancé. Amazing. Congratulations. I I love that um, that analogy between, yeah, accounting, sales and dating. And I I sometimes think, uh, I, I talk to my clients about something similar. If you, um, if you think about an accountant or a bookkeeper and, and their clients and the same as going on dates, it usually applies. Anyone that's trying to convince you how nice they are usually isn't very nice. Anyone that's trying to convince anyone that say, oh, but trust me, but trust me, trust me, usually probably isn't very trustworthy. Um, maybe that's just my dating life. I don't know. But um, it, uh, there's certainly definite parallels there. And with them. Um, with the data being a numbers game, again, a bit like accountants, bookkeepers and sales. I always say it's like tossing a coin. Say, say you're going to get paid or you're going to fall in love when, when the coin lands on heads and you're not when it lands on tails. 
It's just mm. a case of how many times can I toss the coin? When the coin lands on tails, you don't stop and go, oh, is it me? Is it my personality? What have I done? But what, is, what is, okay, toss it again, 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 and again. And sooner or later, your your match will will come up. And it's not about dwelling on the times when things don't go your way, when things don't land on, on heads or land sunny side up. It's just about saying, go again. Go again, go again, and um, not not being ruled by our feelings, I find is sounds quite uh, quite stone cold. But I think if we if we have these goals to face uh, to accomplish in our lives and our business, it's just about taking those steps forward and moving forward as best we can. Yeah, I think, and not taking things so personally. I think we're so quick to judge ourselves, of, mm. like the the mental games we play with ourselves or they say it's what we say about ourselves to ourselves when we're by ourselves that matters most Mm. and that internal dialogue that we all have it can either be really self-serving and help us get ahead or it can debilitate us and Mm. I think like I love this. I saw this the other day. Confidence isn't the belief you'll never fail. It's the conviction that failure won't define you. And I think, I don't know, we're so hard on ourselves, Freddie. I I just think we just need to stop being so darn hard on ourselves and know that, you know, the reason that entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs and, and, you know, living the life that is seemingly very attractive is that they just never give up. They go through Mm. all the same stuff as everyone else. They just don't take it as personally and just see whatever may be stopping them. And I talk to my clients about this all the time. If there's something that comes up as a stop, Mm. it's not you. It's not this dirty secret that you've got that you've got to hide. It's just a skill you've got to learn. Like if you are not confident and you Mm. don't feel confident to go and meet accounts or stand up when somebody says, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then you go into a cold sweat. Mm. It's just like you'll have to do that one or two times, and then, you know, you just build the skill. I mean, I had a speaking coach. I wasn't very confident with standing up, talking to people, and especially with those early days with with accountants. I was like, why am I stammering and stuttering and I can't seem to get words out of my mouth? I'm like, I'm going to get a speaking coach. Mm. And then he taught me all these breathing techniques and, like, he he was a German guy and he was amazing. He was just so, and he talked about a lot of the limiting beliefs and what happens in our brain and stuff like that. And, I mean, you know, I've done like a bunch of different things like that before, but he just gave me these little techniques that really helped. And I think that was just a skill I had to learn Mm. and I pushed through. Exactly. And I think a key point also is around the timescales that we put on things. And we, if you remove the timescale, you care a lot less about the outcome. So if, to use your example, if we say, I need to be an amazing public speaker in six weeks time, and it has to be in six weeks. So I need to do this and it has to work. Then we become so stressed and so uptight and we care about the outcome. If we just say, look, I'm on a journey for the rest of my life to be a powerful communicator and become a real master in this topic. All of a sudden, it's just it's just what I do now. Is it? We talk about authenticity. It's just who I am. It's like the person who says, I must lose 10 kilos by the end of the year. Need to do it, need to do it. Or I'm just going to live a healthy lifestyle for, for for the rest of my life. It's attaching that time scale to the outcome that puts an extra level of pressure on ourselves. Absolutely. And also I think, too, women are uniquely sort of with the confidence thing and the things that might hold us back is um, 
you know, especially women my age going through, like menopause is a big thing. And even before that, like brain fog can be massive. So if Mm. somebody asks you to stand up and introduce yourself and you're having a massive attack of brain fog or you're going through menopause and you haven't dealt with that, Mm. I know for quite a long time when I was in the corporate world and I would be asked questions and I had the answers in my head, but I couldn't get them out of my mouth. I'm like, this is weird. What's going on here? Mm. And I knew that I was nervous, but it was I that nervous to not be able to say what I thought? And then I see a functional medicine doctor I have done for 20-odd years. Functional medicine doctors are preventative doctors, so you don't mm. go to them when you're sick. You go to them because you want to be the best that you can be. So they, they, I go to them, I go to this particular doctor every three months and he takes blood tests and things. So I went to him and I said, I'm really struggling with... Um, my brain fog and honestly the what he did for me I just all of a sudden I had a voice and so it's a big thing that not too many people talk about but you know I know in my program I've got a menopause expert speaking with my clients in a couple of weeks next week Mm. so she's done TED talk she's an amazing speaker she talks about how menopause really affects women in corporate and, and business careers so normalising that, if there is something going on where you can't get the words out of your mouth or you feel attacked by this, you know, the symptoms of menopause, that's where, again, it's just another thing. Okay, let's figure this out. What do we need to do? Is there a functional medicine doctor that might be able to help us with this? Or educating ourselves, that might be something that is not normal and we can work on it to help us push through. I think it's absolutely right. It's finding the right solution for that specific problem. And, and so often... And this is one of my, my personal bugbears with, with things like LinkedIn and social media and, and dare I say, podcast. It's so easy to just say, oh, it's mindset. It's confidence. It's these big, broad brushstrokes. Just sort your mindset. Just fix your confidence. But really, it could be quite specific issues. And that's why it's amazing that you can give people this accurate, bespoke solution to help them find the income, the freedom and the scale to perform at their best. And I wanted to, to dig deeper now, Sharon, into what you do in in your business here in the present day. We've talked about building this group of entrepreneurial bookkeepers with giving them confidence, helping them to generate income, live that life of freedom and to scale their businesses. What does that look like? How does your business work? How do you create this amazing change? Yeah. So again, like I'm wanting to help bookkeepers, number one, get the confidence because confidence is king. Cash mm-hmm. is not king. Confidence is king. So first of all, if I could give like an overview of the program, it helps bookkeepers build the confidence to be able to do the things that they need to do to get the income freedom and scale the, to work fewer hours and to earn more money mm-hmm. and to create a life that they really love. So most bookkeepers don't take holidays. And if they do, they take their laptops with them because mm. they've got to do payroll or they've got to do answer emails or whatever it is. So <clears throat> my goal <clears throat> is to, um, I always talk about holidays without laptops. And in the busiest time of the year, let's be so bold as to say in June, July, every year you take six to eight weeks off and you don't take your laptop. How can we create a business like that? Mm. So the program is, the the Entrepreneurial Bookkeeper program is a 12-month program. It's fortnightly, one-and-a-half-hour sessions. We break it into four quarters. There's the sales quarter, the marketing quarter, the align your prices quarter because pricing is such a big subject with bookkeepers because usually pricing is related to your your self-worth and your value. So there's a lot of mindset that we do around align your prices. 
And the other one is scale your talent. And that's about um, hiring team to be able to hand that work over to. So mm. that I believe that one uh, quarter of content of scale your talent is one of the most powerful ones because a lot of bookkeepers will grow their businesses up until the point where they're just working weekends and nights because they're just referred work. Mm. And then a lot of the time, sadly, I'll be talking to a bookkeeper that's been you know, working for 15, 20, 30 years and they, the first meeting is, I just want to go and get a job. I don't want to do this anymore because I just feel like a slave to mm. what they're doing. So my goal is to help them realise that once you hire a team and hand that work over, but that's a whole new skill set, right? Yeah. Like that's a leadership skill set and that's mm. a knowing how to manage team. And so that scale your talent module is just really powerful with the steps on how to do that. So I think that that's, that's absolutely my- key. And again, without being too stereotypical, but based on hundreds of conversations I've had with accountants and bookkeepers, traditionally someone may go into the bookkeeping career because they enjoy numbers because they may see themselves as more on the introverted side of the scale and then when you talk about things like leading teams delegation setting boundaries all these kinds of things I say this as an introvert myself it can be terrifying and so many times we tell ourselves the solution here is just work harder just work harder Mm. and you're absolutely right Mm. then what happens is we realize we went into this this game for freedom We've actually just created a job for ourselves. We wanted freedom, but yet we feel more trapped than ever. And you're kind of, you're almost lowering the escape ladder down for them and saying, look, here's a way out of this hamster wheel of quiet desperation. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't think like many bookkeepers know that there's this other path that they could be following. It doesn't have to be like this. Mm. And it doesn't have to be as scary as what might look Because when you do change, you know, we talk about the formula for change and when you do change slowly, it doesn't feel like such a big leap. It's just little by little by little that can, that can help make it work. So I'll try and explain it. The formula for change is dissatisfaction. So you've got to be dissatisfied with where you're at. And so that's similar to those bookkeepers that, you know, they've been working 20, 30 years Mm -hmm. and they've just been piling up with more and more work, not able to take, yeah, the husbands and the kids are able to take the weekends off while they're out working in the office trying to catch up on the bass or whatever. So mm. that's when that dissatisfaction of what they're they're doing, and especially some some bookkeepers I speak to just aren't charging enough. So they're doing all these hours and they're just not making the kind of cash that they should be. So D is for dissatisfaction. If we time that by times that by V, which is vision of what you really want. And I know I've spoken to enough business owners over my life to know that most of us say, you know what, all I want is four or six weeks off holiday a year mm. and some decent money just to live, like just to enjoy my life. Whereas I like to tease out a little bit more of the vision of like, okay, what's really possible? Where could we really like take this business and our life? So mm. dissatisfaction times your vision, times the first steps. What are the things that we need to do? So that's F for first steps. And all of those, so what are we going to do around like growing the business and handing the work over and attracting those advocate clients that we know that are going to be really value our services. And so we start really loving what we do. So Mm. they're the first steps to starting to get that income freedom and scale. All of that's got to be greater than our resistance and our resistance, which is R. So D times V times F has got to be greater than R. That's Mm. the formula for change. And our resistance is usually around 
It's all the head stuff. Are we good yep. enough? Can we do that? You know, do I really want to go and push myself into that sort of uncomfortable situation? Or, you know, that's for other people, not me. Mm. And it's all the stories we tell ourselves. Whatever our resistance is, it's the stories we tell ourselves. Quick one. We have got an amazing free community of professionals who are discovering the secrets to getting unstuck, unshackled and unleashed at work and at home. It's called Make It Count. Funny that. And the link is in the show notes. Check it out and discover the secrets for yourself. Plus, if you want to see behind the Make It Count curtain and discover what's happening on my latest adventures, give me a follow on Instagram at the Freddie Bennett. And now back to the show. Definitely. And I, I 100% agree. We cannot outperform our own self-image. And, and for so many of us, we have this self-image of someone who doesn't uh, deserve to charge a certain amount or doesn't deserve a certain level of success or uh, or is confused on how the next steps are to create this life that we want. And I, I always believe the path illuminates as you walk upon it. And I think if you could shine a spotlight on that path and just say, look, here's, here's what you need to do. And not only here's what you need to do, but you're actually walking alongside them. Because I imagine, especially in the role of bookkeeper, it can be quite lonely as well when, when you're feeling this stuck and restricted and there's, there's no one out there to help them. Yeah, and I think like a lot of bookkeepers, because they're initially getting into their business as a part-time gig and the husband's got the real job or even if it's their career and they're working full-time in it, generally what we have is a, a spare room that mm. we work from and it's pretty darn lonely. And when you're not connected with other people as much as you'd like or you're connected with people that are in the same situation as you and there's not any sort of new conversations around what we could be doing, that's when it becomes a little bit lonely and it becomes sort of photocopying year after year and nothing changing mm. until we start getting more and more work and just not having the break that we want. So, yeah, I really think... Um, that having outside influence to help see the business in a different way. And that's not just bookkeepers, that's every business owner. Mm. It's like knowing that if somebody's gone before you, like I know personally that, you know, we talked before we came on air about, you know, running running distance. I ran my first marathon in 2012 and I wasn't happy with the time. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and get a coach to teach mm. me what I need to do. And I did I did a decent amount of running, but I did more weights. I was doing squats and, like, doing a lot of work on my physical body with weights and things. I'm like, oh, I think I should be doing more Ks, but okay. Mm. And then I got to the speed that I wanted to get at. Like, within 12 weeks, he got me there. I couldn't have done that by myself. There's just no way. I didn't know that you had to do that many squats and mm -hmm. punching bags to get faster running. That To me, it was like counterintuitive, mm. but it was amazing. It was incredible how fit I got, how quickly I got that fit. So I think it's the same. I know for me, I'll have a coach until the day I die because I've got blind spots that I don't even know are blind spots. Mm. And so when I'm growing this business, I need somebody that's been there before me to be able to help me get the outcomes that I want so they can see my blind spots and say, hey, Shaz, this is what you're doing. If you do it this way, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Definitely. I 100% agree. And I always believe that we 
we talk about the concept of valuing ourselves and loving ourselves and all these different aspects, yet we do not invest in ourselves. How do we invest in ourselves? Or we invest in our own personal development. We invest in coaches and aspects such as that. And so I, I 100% uh, yeah, believe that the more we invest in ourselves, then the greater the joy, the success, the the freedom we could enjoy in our life. Yeah, I've put a lot of money into into coaching in the past, and some of it hasn't always worked out. But I've always learned something about either myself, uh, my my present, my future, and uh, and it's always another step forward on on the journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think like if you are looking for anyone in your life, like with anything, with dating, with running, with exercise, with business, whatever. My criteria is it's pretty harsh, <laughs> but it's really hard to get a coach that hasn't been where you want to go. Mm. So if somebody's, I remember I went to a financial planner one time and I just asked, I like, tell me about your portfolio. What, what have you got? Mm. And he didn't have much. Like he didn't like, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to listen to you about how you built your portfolio, that's not much, like how am I going to, that's not going to stretch me. I'm not going to see like how to do that. So then I was like, okay, well, I need to speak to people that have been where I want to go. Mm. And I think for me, that's the criteria. I've got to have, you know, the guy that I got for the marathon training, he'd done so many marathons. It was just, and his times were just incredible. So that, and I was probably unconscious competent with that choosing him I I just knew that like okay well if he's done it I'll just follow him and he he wasn't uh, I struggle with people that are a little bit too egotistical so just a humble and he was very humble mm. and he's just a nice guy and I thought you know I, I can really take direction from him so yeah I think experience and I don't know just nice people are good to take guidance from <laughs> definitely I always say we we wouldn't let someone underqualified or inexperienced do our car or our electrics or our teeth or anything to do with our kids so why would we let someone inexperienced and underqualified inside our minds i i just don't understand it there's so many uh, of the right level of experts out there and it gets one of my one of my personal crusades i I've had enough of coaches who are who are great at sales and marketing, but not actually that good at changing people's lives. So it's all about how can we work with the right people to achieve the the right outcomes for the future. Shara, speaking of the future, I'd love to know as we start to head towards the uh, the twilight of the podcast episode now. What does well? Firstly, it's a two part question. What does the future hold for you and your business? And what do you think the future holds for for accountants and bookkeepers over the next? 12 to 24 months. I'm so excited about the future of our industry because I think as we transition from, you know, that's, the, the AI space is so exciting for me because this is where we get to really do the fun stuff. AI is going to take away all the boring stuff, which is fantastic, <laughs> and we'll always need that human touch. Like mm. there is no doubt. We need humans need humans. And we're very naughty when we're left to our own devices. So having somebody there, keeping us on track, making sure that we're accountable and following through, doing the things that I know that the industry is kind of heading into the direction of compliance being less and less. It's never going to go away in the short term, I don't believe, mm. but it's going to get less and less. And the more rules that the ATO do, the more, <laughs> the more we have to be knowing what we've got to do to help out with that. But I think 
really the future of bookkeeping and accounting is just so exciting because we get to start doing the fun stuff. Now, doing the fun stuff like advisory and helping business owners meaningfully grow their businesses and work with budgeting and cash flow forecasts and KPIs and all the things that business owners don't do and they don't know, we know that most of them don't really know how to read their P&L or they look at their numbers and they kind of have an idea. Mm. Um, And if there's plenty of money in the bank, they generally go and buy a nice Mercedes (laughs) or a boat or something like that. So having somebody there, keeping them accountable. and, And what I think is so exciting about bookkeepers, again, if I come back to they've got the relationship, they're with them all the time, they're with their business clients all the time, so they've got that trust. Uh, Mm. They've got the knowledge of numbers, so a lot of business coaches like myself don't know numbers, so they've got the combination of the trust, they've got the relationship, they've got the numbers information. The skill that we have to learn is the advisory skill, how to have those conversations, and that a lot of the times is just confidence. Mm. It's just sitting down, having the confidence to ask the questions, which, of course, we have a lot of questions in the program that helps bookkeepers once you start asking the questions you really get to understand where the stops are with business clients and where they need the help and then having the confidence to be able to go in and give that help and my opinion is that most bookkeepers have all that information in their heads already we just have to shape it in a way that they feel confident when they're delivering it and feeling empowered to be able to charge the prices they need to charge for that extra service that not many people are doing at the moment. So the future is really exciting as far as I'm concerned. And the next 12 to 18 months of what I'm doing is exactly that, helping bookkeepers do that. <laughs> Love it. I, I'm, I'm even more excited now I've heard that from you, Sharon. I think you're 100% right. And the future is bright and it is exciting. And if we could all help give uh, accountants and bookkeepers the confidence, the skills, the mindset, the habits, then we're literally on a rocket ship we can go to the moon there is so much potential to help accountants and bookkeepers to advance their businesses and also to transform the lives and businesses of their clients and now we're coming to the end of the show now i've absolutely loved this conversation i knew i was going to love it but um but i've loved it even more than i thought it would. it's been so powerful um the other thing is shall we obviously have the tradition here on make it count which is the secret final question now the secret final question is when the uh exactly so we we like to to keep things special here on uh, on the world's favorite accounting podcast we have the tradition where the previous make it count guest gets to set a secret question for the current guest which is you so i have no idea what this question is so i will delve into my uh, definitely not checking my emails. It's definitely a, a magic box. So, okay, this is a an interesting one. So, Sharon, your your secret question is: How would you want people to remember you when you're no longer here? Which is slightly morbid, but let's think of it in, uh, in an inspirational way. How would you like people to remember you when you're no longer here? That's a really good question for me because I think about this a lot. And, you know, the first time I heard about this, I was doing a program that quite a few years ago and they talked a lot about legacy. And I remember mm. thinking I was of an age where it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm. But the more I thought about it, it's like, wow, like my legacy, what does my, what do I want to do? And I, my drive has always been with my children, my two sons. Mm. And my motivation to do what I do is always that if they can see mum doing that, they can do anything. And I think 
you rob the world of knowledge and expertise if you keep it hidden. You know that, uh, that I just want to find it, the Marianne, you know, Nelson Mandela did that speech. Mm, I do uh, know, yeah. Can't think of it. But basically it's like you rob the world of your intellectual property, the things that you know naturally and what you've developed if you don't share it with the world. And I think a lot of people, their knowledge and what they know is like the best kept secret because we're so, we think, who are we to to share this with the world? Who are we to develop a group coaching program that's going to change the bookkeeping industry? Mm. Who are we to get ourselves onto a podcast and share that with the world? Like it's just it's scary stuff because you think like, well, I've got to back that up. I've got to be that person. And we know, I reckon the little things that we think about at night when we lay our head on the pillow and you sort of play in your mind about the things that we could be doing when we're not, mm. I reckon there that's where you go deeper into and be courageous enough to be fully expressed and do what you need to do on this earth because the world needs it. And I know in my case, bookkeepers and accountants need to hear my message. And I think, and it's not just me, there's so many people out there that, you know, are sending these amazing messages, getting people out of boring corporate careers, getting them out of boring photocopying year after year after year in their jobs or their businesses and starting to really live into what we really know that we could be doing and just taking a step, a courageous step after courageous step to do that. And if you can't do it by yourself, get help. By somebody to help you do that definitely what an amazing answer after being put on the spot like that you were like pow 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 i love i am blown away i am empowered in awe and inspired by you sharon this has been absolutely amazing if people do want to get in touch with you because i'm sure so many people will after this episode how do they find you how do they get in contact yeah, my website is SharonFrancisco.com and there's a booking link on there that you can contact me. I've also got four times a year I run a five-day intensive, which is an hour a day for five days a week. And that's really everything I've talked about. I teach and it's free. I teach bookkeepers what to do, how to do it, and people get to the end of that and just are completely blown away by what is possible from their little businesses, what that business can do and create so yeah it's all on my website sharonfrancisco.com amazing and we'll put that link in the show notes as well speaking about being blown away i am blown away by your your talent your knowledge your power and your confidence sharon this has been such an amazing conversation thank you for being part of make it count we're definitely going to be getting you back for a part two uh next year if you're up for it and uh but for now thank you for being part of this journey it's been brilliant to have you on the show I really enjoyed doing this with you, Freddie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show-stopping episode of Make It Count. I would love it if you could give us a five-star review, subscribe, and share this podcast with the world. I am on a mission to get professionals unstuck, unshackled, and unleashed at work and at home. You can join our free Make It Count community. Click the link in the show notes and you can also follow all of my adventures on Instagram at the Freddie Bennett. Well, for now, we made it count once again. I've been Freddie Bennett. You have been amazing. And I will see you on the other side. <laughs>